Welcome to Claim Your Career Crown, where you receive proven strategies and tools to show up as your very best self in life and in your career. Every episode empowers you to achieve more faster. I'm your host, Lynn, author, business coach, speaker, and the founder of Petite to Queen. Using my experience and skills cultivated over many years of corporate life, I am focused on catapulting you to a new level with an injection of energy, originality, and creativity. I'm joined with my co-host, Amanda, and our very special guest, Allison Donaghy. You know, so I want everyone to hear, Allison is a best-selling author. She's a successful entrepreneur since 2000 and a host of a popular online radio show uh, that's been turned into a podcast that's called Domino Thinking. And today we're going to talk about how to move forward from a trauma, you know, past the victim state and towards a better life after trauma. Welcome, Allison. Hi, thank you both so much for having me here. It's a delight to be here. Well, we are so thrilled. I mean, this is going to be um, a sort of a tense conversation for everyone, for some people who are listening and for all our listeners who may be joining us for the first time please go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, go ahead and toggle down and click all five stars for us. Okay, Allison, as I said, this is going to be, a, in some ways, a, a tough conversation today. Um, and you have been so candid about your experience of the sexual assault as a teenager. And can you share that story with our audience? Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, I was I was one of those angry teenagers, partly because I think it's uh, my parents divorced when I was young and nobody else, their parents weren't divorcing. And then my mom remarried and moved us across the country. So I ended up in this place where I had no friends and I felt very awkward, very uncomfortable. And this girl said to me one day, hey, do you want to come to my church group? And I was just like, oh, my God, yes, of course. Anybody wants to hang out with me. I'm totally down myself self-worth was really, really low. And we got to the church and it was a Friday evening. And when we walked in, the first thing I noticed was this guy that was standing over there and had all these women, um, young ladies swooning over him. And when he saw me, he sort of ignored all of them and came over and talked to me. And I was just like, oh my God, he's talking to me. And, uh, and then I realized I didn't really like him. <laughs> but then he asked me out and I was so desperate to have friends. I said, sure, because I didn't want him saying mean things about me behind my back if he was upset that I rejected him. And so then he picked me up at my house and he was a couple of years older than me and he was already living on his own. He had just moved out and I didn't want to get in his car and I got in his car. And then I didn't want to go back to his place because that wasn't the arrangement. We were going to go out for dinner and a movie. And he said, well, I, you know, I just came straight from work and I'm tired and I just want to get changed and have a shower. Do you mind? And I was like, oh, well, no, I, I guess not. And again, all I was worried about wasn't even my own safety. It was more about I didn't want people to say bad things about me because as a teenager, that's the worst thing that could happen. Right. 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 And so then he came out of the shower with his clothes off. And um, he proceeded to drag me into the bedroom and um, he raped me. And in retrospect, I'm not even sure if he knew it was rape um, because I think it's a very confusing topic. And I know we like to think it's really clear cut, um, but 
you know, I think there's a lot of things out there that are indicating it's not as clear cut as we would like to think it was. And I really didn't want to have sex with him. Like I even had my period and he removed my tampon. And um, all I could think about was just like, let's get this over. And I, I will just, we'll just pretend this didn't happen. And um, then he won't say anything bad about me. And, and then my friend came and picked me up and I didn't tell anybody. And I, and I didn't go back to that church and I didn't have any of those friends. And so what I was hoping for in the first place totally got ruined anyway. And I was still left alone and I was still isolated. And on top of all of that, I'd been raped. And so it was a really difficult time for me. Oh, it, it sounds yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, um, it's just such, putting you in such a dark place. How, how did you move forward from this trauma uh, yeah. to a better place and 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 it took a long time. It uh, I had a lot of really dysfunctional relationships after that. And I actually did get raped a second time at a party. Um, I was falling down drunk. And I guess that was an invitation uh, of some sort. And yeah, I had um, probably about 15 years of a lot of shame around it, really unhealthy relationships, a horrible relationship to sex. And, and then one day I realized that I co-created it and I want to be really, really clear. I didn't deserve it. Um, This isn't about shame or blame or fault or anything that it was about me removing my emotional attachment to the situation and looking at the construction of it and realizing that everything that we do is a dance with the other people around us. And simply by being in a situation, we are co-creating it. And I co-created it by having such low self-worth, by agreeing to do things I didn't want to do, by not being more vocal about stopping it or fighting or doing any of those things. And maybe on some level, letting him think that this was acceptable. I don't know. And it's definitely he he was wrong in what he did. This is not excusing his behavior. Um, It's just trying to understand my behavior. And once I understood that, I stopped being his victim. So I was his victim for 15 years after that rape. And I hated the fact that he owned so much of my psyche. And um, and what, when I understood that I played a part in it was really what broke me free. Wow. And I mean, even though this was years ago, it really connects with the Me Too movement that came up in the last few years. And I know that's something that you talk about, but you also talk about a lesser known movement called My Part. Can you share more about that and how that is important to empowering people? For sure. Thanks. I um, I gave a speech a couple of years ago and it was called My Part and it was um, intended to talk about how we have to be really careful about the movements that we get on board with. Uh, because everything is a double-edged sword, including my movement. I'm sure there's going to be backlash and um, and a dark side to it as well. And when we are getting on board with a movement like Me Too, I think we have to be so, so careful, any movement, but we have to be very careful because there is a a dark side to it. There is a growing number of men who are feeling very hostile about the way that they are being labeled by toxic feminism. And there is um, a danger when we are publicly announcing our um, um, sexual trauma and trying to get value from it. And if people don't respond the way we want to, I think it throws people into a bit of a a head spin about or a tailspin about not really knowing how to respond when they're not getting the reaction that they 
expect. So if I post on social media that I was raped, it happened to me too, and nobody responds, I'm going to feel more like a victim. And then what happens to that person? Or if they get lots of attention, have they thought about the fact that they've now been labeled as a rape victim? And how does that impact their life? And so what I wanted to do was create a conversation around this co-creation of events. And again, uh, not saying anybody deserves to get raped, any of those things, but to really understand everywhere in our life, how we show up and how we co-create. Yeah, that's so interesting. Cause I, I mean, I haven't really seen that side of it mentioned very much within the Me Too movement. So I think it's good that you're <laughs> kind of calling out this, this under-recognized aspect. Yeah, it's not always popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, moving forward from the rape, you say that you've used these skill sets that you've learned to live a better life after trauma. Can you share more about how you've turned negatives into such positives and how this skill or this goal has continued to impact your life for the better? One thing I've learned in my many years of corporate life and since creating Petite to Queen is that I'm passionate about supporting people to become the very best version of themselves. Our one-on-one, group, and enterprise coaching programs will transform you to believe the impossible is possible. If you're dreaming big, let's make those dreams come true. Book your complimentary chat with me at petitequeen.com slash chat. For sure. Um, I think once we start raising any level of awareness about ourselves and how we show up in the world, our life is going to get better because I believe that we worthiness is the root of every single choice, action, belief, thing we say, everything. It is the basis for how we show up in the world. And if our worthiness is not intact, everything else is manipulation trying to get worth. So we get our worth one of two ways, internally or externally. And if we try to do it externally, that means I need you to like me so that I feel okay. If we get it internally, it means I'm okay whether you like me or not. Right, right. Right. And it's a Uh, tough place to get to and it doesn't happen overnight and we're never going to be 100% at it. Oh, yeah, it's it's so powerful. And, and, and of course, then there's the other side of people who just really couldn't care less if somebody likes them or not, um, which I think is going a little bit a step too far. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so um, because you do definitely have to have empathy for other people. It's not that you want to be a people pleaser, but I think tying this into self-worth you know, you can sort of draw those parallels of how that could, that did allow you to put yourself in, in a, in a dicey situation. And once mm-hmm. again, it's not, it was certainly was not your fault. You were, um, you know, what happened was in every sense, totally wrong. But um, I think that it's important for, as people listen to this conversation and start thinking about it, um, for you, what advice can you share with others who's experienced some kind of trauma, perhaps not rape or assault, but some other type of trauma um, or any kind of trauma? And how can they follow a path towards, um, you know, feeling that sense of control, self-worth, empowerment? Mm-hmm. Well, a great question. I think it's it's difficult to talk about trauma. And so I really encourage listeners to Take what I say and keep what fits and get rid of what doesn't because I don't know your experience and I don't know how fresh it is. And um, and I never want to do harm in talking about these things. My, my suggestion, though, is 
to consider the, the win that you got from your trauma. Like when I look back at my rape, it has allowed me to reclaim my life. I don't know if I would have gotten there without having gone through all of that. It's given me an opportunity to talk to people about things. So while we are holding this dark cloud over our past, our past is still owning us. And I don't know about you, but it is a huge motivation for me that autonomy is huge. I don't want anything owning me, including a past experience. And so if we can get to that place where we can separate the emotion that we're having around it and just stop retelling the story, like I believe victimization is real. Bad things happen. That is the truth. And I believe for a period of time, feeling like a victim is healthy. But after a period of time, you're moved into victimhood, which is a lifestyle. And right. that is robbing you of so much happiness, freedom, uh, pleasure. No, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I've always felt that in some cases, like something like this, there are, some tragedies are are meant to be endured, not understood. And mm -hmm. you have to get, you know go through that process so that you can um, let it go and move forward. Right. And, you know, we can't understand, I don't think, our experiences. Like, even when I look back on my rape, I can only remember what stood out for me. I don't remember, I don't know what went on for him. I don't know um, about all of the parts that I uh, dumped from memory. Because when we look at a situation, we look at it with our worldview, and we only remember the pieces that serve our worldview. Because our brain doesn't have the capacity to memorize every single second of every single moment we're awake, which means we're dumping the stuff we don't seem as relevant. It's like the telephone game. You remember those things that are important, and then you try to pass that on, and then you screw up everything else in between. And so when we are talking about past trauma, I don't believe we can actually ever remember it all fully in a way that we could see both sides. Um, and I think we have to take that with a grain of salt that we are only remembering a small portion of it. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like that might be relevant to your organization, um, your podcast, Domino Thinking. Can mm -hmm. you talk more about that and how you connect with and help others? For sure. I love my podcast. It's just, I get to meet the most interesting people. Uh, in fact, uh, after I gave that my part speech, a man reached out to me and told me how he had been raped by his wife and put in the hospital for three or four days. And then he was lapped out of the police station. And during that conversation, my whole view of men changed. And I realized I had not been seeing men as whole. I had been seeing them as something other than female, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and I'd been indoctrinated with this toxic feminism. And uh, I spent a year and a half actually interviewing men and women on how to bridge the gap between men's rights and feminism. And it was a truly incredible experience, which I never would have been able to have had I not had that podcast. And so now I bring on guests who have moved from a victim state to a freedom state. I just had a woman, Nada, she talked about how her daughter was killed in a car accident and how she maneuvered through that whole process. And it was a really moving episode. And then the other people that I bring on are people who want to challenge the status quo to get us thinking outside of how we've been indoctrinated to think. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that that's what it's all about. I think if we, it's so important that we can see um, around our own paradigm. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about that all the time, it, whether it's, you know, changing your perspective, you know, seeing it through another prism or from an alternate viewpoint. But that is is just so illuminating and it can truly um, really be like a lightning bolt to help you like just burst forward um, mm. when you're able to do that. Uh, yeah. it, and it is is so important. And so having these types of conversations are really key. And just sometimes you can pick up on something that someone else has experienced or gone through that you can apply for yourself. Um, and, mm. uh, and it's got to be uh, tough to have some of those conversations. I just thinking about it for myself, I, you know, my husband died of terminal cancer. I, mm. I still have a very hard time talking about that experience, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's a journey that we had, we went on together. Mm-hmm. So. There's, there's so much that we go through and there's so much that other people go through. Like often I think we have tunnel vision and thinking that we're the only ones in pain. Oh yeah. And we no. don't actually yeah. take that time to consider, like, I didn't know that about you. And if I actually wasn't <laughs> trying to see you as a person, if I was just trying to push my agenda on you, I could be doing more harm than good. And I think it's important. I think being seen and seeing people is a fundamental human need. And if we are not um, able to see ourselves, we're not able to see as somebody else. But if you've ever noticed when you're walking down the street and you make eye contact with somebody and you actually see them, they can tell. And their body language changes, their face changes because they've been seen. And this is all part of figuring out where our worthiness comes from. And if we can get our worthiness internally, then there is no risk at us smiling at a stranger. There's no risk (laughs) to us hearing somebody's story, right? There's no risk to us saying, I'm pro-choice and you're pro-life. Hey, let's talk about that. Tell me why. Because they are a complete person who has had an entire lifetime of experience that has led them to the belief that they have. And it's not wrong just because we say it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just, you know, just because you have a difference of opinion does not mean that someone is right versus someone is wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's one of the things we get caught up in, that because we have a different opinion, somebody's right and somebody's wrong. <laughs> yes. You know, well, and go, so sorry, many go ahead. nuances. <laughs> yeah, there is. And, you know, um, our worth is tied up in our beliefs as well. Like I used to be super pro-choice and I would just tell everybody. And, and when I look back on it, it was because for me, it, it indicated freedom and choice and righteous indignation. And I was a single mom on welfare. I didn't have freedom. I didn't have many choices. And so I used this belief as a way to fill that need for myself. And I find that whenever I feel very strongly about something, it is filling a need of something I need to work on. Yeah, that that's a really, that, I think that, that right there, Allison, can give our audience some real clarity when they're thinking about those things. I love what you just said. I'm going to think about that. I definitely am going to think about that moving forward and how I can apply that. One piece mm-hmm. is something I feel that, like, why? What's the why, mm-hmm. right? And I'm always asking, what's the why? And because if we can get to that why and we we can, you know, bring it to the light of day, then that also helps us to understand. And then it helps us to make potentially a new choice mm-hmm. and to pivot. So, yeah. yeah, that is fabulous. So, Allison, thank you so much for sharing um, 
uh, being your experience, telling us about my part, um, telling us about domino thinking. I think this is really important for people to open their minds so that they can begin that process to move forward from trauma towards a better life. And for our audience, I know our listeners want to hear how they can find out about you um, and and uh, where you are in, in the cyberspace world. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, I want to say thank you so much for having a platform like this that these conversations can have. I think it is so vitally important. And I think what you both are doing here is really important work. So thank you. Um, and uh, my website is dominothinking.com. And you can find everything about me there, my contact information, podcast, um, the course that I offer, everything that you want to find out there is there. And feel free, hit me up. Um, I answer all of my emails. It sometimes takes me a little while, but it's important <laughs> to me that I answer them. So I, I hear you. I do the same. Again, we will absolutely share your website with our audience. Allison, thank you again. This has been such an informative discussion and opening yourself up, sharing your story. And your journey is so important to our audience. And I know our audience, everyone out there, if you have a comment, please um, let us know. We love hearing your thoughts. It's so important to get that kind of feedback. If you want a weekly injection of energy, originality, and creativity to boost your career and live your own authentic life, subscribe to Claim Your Career Crown. Share the love by leaving a review. To support our podcasts, Use the donate link at the end of our show description. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitetoqueen.com. And to make sure you don't miss a single episode and receive all of our informative advice, resources, and breakthrough advantages, sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitetoqueen.com. Thanks for listening.